Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in. It's a 45-minute edition here of Overtime, 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you. Going to talk about Sam Howell a little bit, but first, I wanted to say this. I feel like... I figured out that I'm the bad luck charm for this team. (laughs) I I think on Sunday, it kind of really opened my eyes to this. So, Chris, I don't know about you. I I have some, I wouldn't say superstitions or anything. It's not like it's something that I have to do, but it's something that I do every game day. You know, there's the same jersey you wear or whatever you might do. You eat the same meal every Sunday morning. It's just kind of your routine, right, for the games. And so mine has always been, or at least since he's become the focal player of this team, wearing a Terry McLaurin jersey. And generally what I do, if they're wearing white, I wear my white Terry jersey. If they're wearing burgundy, I wear the burgundy one. I don't have a black one, so if they wear black, I usually go with the burgundy one. But either way, it's kind of my usual thing, right? Rocking a Terry McLaurin jersey. And I've done it for every single game this season. You know, maybe I'll take it off briefly if we're eating something or something of that nature. You know, you might spill it on something. You don't want to mess up your jersey, right? Especially the white one. Well, on Sunday, chili was on the menu, right? So at halftime, I'm wearing my white McLaurin jersey because the commander's wearing white. At halftime, we eat chili, right? And I take the jersey off and I just decided, you know what? I'm not going to put it back on. Second half of that game, (laughs) Terry McLaurin has his best half of the year. So there's that. Before the season, got lucky enough, first time ever to get out to training camp, right? I'd never even gone really as a fan, but I got lucky to go out there as media. Got to talk to a couple of players, and the two players I talked to, Emmanuel Forbes and Jahan Dotson. And Jahan's awesome, right? I, I thought he was due for a breakout season. And he struggled this year. And then Emmanuel Forbes, I think a lot of us, especially in training camp and seeing some of the things in preseason, reading all the reports, we're expecting a big year out of him. Well, (laughs) he struggled as well. So I don't know what the plan is, but maybe I need to just quit wearing gear of this team, quit talking to players. I also happened to shake Sam Howell's hand, and then he proceeded to throw four interceptions and get sacked nine times the next day. (laughs) <laughs> or whatever it was, or two days later, right? It was, I believe it was 106.7, the fan night. So it just has not been great. So apparently I need to stay as far away from this football team as possible. I think that's the big bugaboo is probably me. So maybe I'm more to blame for this than <laughs> Rod Rivera and the players. Maybe I'm the problem here. But I do want to talk about this with Sam Howell. So 
I thought it was interesting scrolling through Twitter yesterday, just driving around and then, you know, stopped and, well, you know, shopping around and looking at Twitter as I'm out and about. And I saw this tweet and I thought it was interesting because first reaction when you read something that you don't necessarily agree with is usually, oh, there's no way or, oh, you get frustrated, right? And you immediately go into that defense mindset, right? Well, for me... I saw this tweet, and that's exactly what I first thought. And so the tweet was from at St. Wah on Twitter. I don't know if you follow him or whatnot, but I saw it actually because our guy Linnell had retweeted him and said something to it. And he said this, Sam Howell has been the same quarterback all season, and now you guys are all turning your back on him. Not saying that people are you know, turning on him now because he's been the same guy, but basically saying that, Sam hasn't been good all year, and now of all times, you're deciding that, oh, he isn't good. And I, th- that made me start thinking, where have we seen him improve? Has he improved? What spots have we seen him get worse? What spots have we seen him grow? And Linnell retweeted him and said, minor improvements, but largely a factual statement. And again, my first response is, oh, no, we've seen him get better throughout the season, and when you start thinking about it, you don't want to get clouded by him having a you know, a rough stretch here over the last three to four games specifically because I think we did see portions of growth. But when you think about the season as a whole, you think about week one to where we are now, right? Three games left in the season. Where have we seen growth? Where have we seen improvements? Where have we seen him get better? Where have we seen him get worse? Where are we seeing him largely still the same? And so for me, if you look at it and think, okay, where has he gotten better? It's honestly kind of tough with things to find, right? I think there's a couple that stand out real, real obviously, and we'll get to that in a second, but would you say that his accuracy and ball placement has gotten better? I don't know that it has. I don't know that it's been horrible, but it hasn't been great, right? On, on throws like that, I don't know that he's been he's improved throughout the season would you say the decision making is improved i don't know that it has i think it's again largely the same i think the big place that you could maybe see some improvement is some pocket presence and his ability to create off schedule we'll start with the pocket presence i think he's improved in the fact that he's not taking nine sacks like he can move around a little bit and he seems a little bit more comfortable back there. And the last couple of games, he has kind of gone back to a little bit of what you saw before. It looks a little bit hectic back there. But I think in terms of being able to avoid some of the pressure, he has improved slightly. But it's one of those things, are you seeing a large improvement? Are you seeing him get a lot better at things? And I just don't know that you are. I think for me just in terms of eye test, because you can go look some up these analytical numbers and maybe I'm wrong according to those, but I think if you're just watching the football games, you'll generally agree with me. I think his ability off schedule, his playmaking outside of the pocket and when the plays have broken down, I think that has improved. I feel like early in the season, right, we were seeing him either in the pocket or if he took off, it, it wasn't. He wasn't making the plays that you'd expect. Because if you think back to his time at Carolina, he was obviously taken off as a runner a lot his final season there. But he made a lot of plays outside of the pocket, running around and creating, right? And it felt like at the beginning of the year, we didn't see a whole lot of that. We'd see flashes here and there. 
but we didn't see much of it. And then as the season started going on, I mean, think about some of the dump-off plays, uh, the Seattle game where he's hitting Brian Robinson down the sideline, those sorts of things. We're seeing more of that now, and so I think you can clearly see that he's improved in that area. But the fact that there's not other places that you can say you feel there are improvements is a little bit of an indictment on Sam, right? I like Sam Howell. I think that he can still be a good quarterback in this league. Maybe it's one of those cases where it's just not going to be here, especially considering where this team is at in terms of draft position. If they lose out, they're going to end up, you know, with the at worst, the fourth pick. Maybe even getting up to third or even seeing that there's now a 33% chance they could get up into the top two if they were to lose out. So, okay, maybe they end up just taking another quarterback and it just doesn't work out with Sam. I think he's still got the tools, right? I think that he's still got what it takes. I mean, like I mentioned with the off-schedule stuff, I think that he has so much potential and ability that other guys just don't have. Some of these throws that he's made. Not many people in the National Football League can make some of those plays. But at the same point, you're only making those plays, what, once, maybe twice a game? And maybe even fewer times than that, maybe once or two times every two to three weeks. The kind of plays I'm talking about where you're rolling to your left, you're rolling to your right, you're able to throw 15 yards down back across the middle of the field, and you're throwing from funky arm angles and those sorts of things. Those plays are awesome. Those plays are the highlight reels. Those are the plays that you see on YouTube when you look up Sam Howell highlights. What you miss out on are, and I I don't want to make this comparison, but what you're missing out on are the Brock Purdy plays, right? Brock Purdy can be kind of boring to watch at times, right? He's not running around. He's not doing anything crazy. But there is a skill, and I'm not trying to discount Brock Purdy at all. As a matter of fact, I think he's an underrated quarterback because for whatever reason, just the narrative around quarterbacks has become if you don't play like Patrick Mahomes where you run around for 10 seconds back there and heave it 50 yards down the field, then you're not a good quarterback. Matter of fact, I think if you look at Brock Purdy, he is the definition of what you kind of want in a regular quarterback. A guy that can just drop back and throw it to the correct guy at the correct time in the correct spot with good ball placement. I mean, that to me is a good quarterback. You get the extra stuff, that's awesome. Not saying that Brock Purdy's the best quarterback in the NFL, but I think if you could ask any coach, say, hey, would you rather have Superman that has some issues at times, or would you rather have the guy that you know, can do everything exactly how you want? You know, you're going to get mixed answers, but I think a lot of people would respect what Purdy's doing. My point is this. You see some of the Superman-type plays from Sam Howell, right? You see it sometimes when he's out there running around. You see it sometimes outside the pocket. You think about that throw in the Denver game, right? Some of those throws, Brock Purdy ain't making. Some of those plays, Brock Purdy ain't doing. But you also are missing the stuff like you saw when Brissett came in. The simple three-step drop, balls out to the slant, right on time. Simple stuff where it's inside the scheme of the play. And look, I think if you want to have a knock on a guy like Caleb Williams coming out of college, I think you can say the same thing about him. We see the Superman all the time, running around, making plays. How many times did you see him hit the back step of his drop and get the ball out? Not often. I think that's something he's going to have to grow with. 
But I think that's the difference between college and the National Football League. If you can't do the plays on schedule, then you're going to continue to struggle because these guys are too good that your athletic ability isn't going to be able to overcome everything. Look at Lamar Jackson this year and look at him as a passer as he's grown throughout his career. It's not like Lamar just steps back there and then runs around for 10 seconds and then checks it down to Mark Andrews every time and that's how he won his MVP. No, he has to sit in the pocket and make throws. And I think we're kind of lacking some of that with Sam Howell where you just drop back, get the ball out on time. And I think that kind of showed in the, how the offense operated when Jacoby Brissett came in. And again, I'm not saying that Sam can't get there. You know, this is something where Sam didn't necessarily run this type of a system in college. You got to think he's in the third system in three years. Yeah, it's probably taken some time. And maybe if he were in this system again next year, you'd see some of that growth. Like, I think that Sam has the work ethic, and this is why I believe in him. He's got the skills. Now it's just about trying to find a way to get developed in the right direction. And I think he can do it. It might not be here. Honestly, it just might not be here. I think he's got the stuff. My problem is... I can't just tangibly point to three and four things that I feel he has improved on throughout the season. Do I think he's a better quarterback now than he was in week one? Yes. Maybe not over the last couple of weeks as he struggled, but I think you're seeing that the long season's starting to wear on him. But would you say as a whole that you feel like he's better now than he was at the beginning of the year? I would think that you would say yes, but is it a large improvement over what you saw in week one. I don't know that you can say that. And if you look at all the areas, is he going from a, you know, a D plus or C minus to a C, C plus? Like, congratulations, that's still not good enough. You need this guy to improve a little bit more than that. And not to say he can't be the quarterback here next year. I'm not trying to say that he's not an NFL caliber quarterback. But I thought it was interesting when I read this, and your first thought is, Oh, no. I mean, we've seen improvements. And then you go through your head and try to think, okay, go through the various things that you want to grade a quarterback on, and can you say that he's tangibly improved? You know, if he went from a 75 to a 78, yeah, that's improvement, but it's not that noticeable, right, in terms of a grade there? And I think that's kind of what we've seen a lot of Sam Howell this year. Maybe it's just a slow development, and, you know, maybe he skyrockets in a year. Maybe that is the case. Not saying he can't be that guy. But when you look at it, I don't know that there are tangible things outside of his off-schedule playmaking that have really, really improved. And it's a little bit alarming because this is a guy that not that long ago we were talking about being the guy for this team going forward. Now, obviously, there's a lot more thrown into that mix. You know, depending upon what happens over these last three games, he could be the guy or could not be the guy, depending upon what the new regime wants to do and depending upon where they're picking. But it's just a little bit troubling to me that when you're first thought about this as you're frustrated and you're not happy with this statement, and then you think about it, you're like, well, he might be right. I think that shows that maybe you've been jaded a little bit, or at least I can say that I've probably been jaded just a little bit. Not to say that I haven't been able to be honestly evaluating him, but at the same point, I can't even sit up here and argue and say that he's gotten markably better throughout the season. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll continue talking about Sam Howell. Do you feel like he's improved? Because to me, I think you can see one area, but I'm not sure. And if they're in a spot like they are right now, do you have to take a guy like a Jaden Daniels? Or if one of the other top two falls, do you have to take one of those guys? We'll talk about that more next during overtime on The Fan.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Overtime 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you for two more segments before we turn it over to Capitals Hockey. So we had a little bit of technical difficulties at the beginning, so I wasn't able to hear from Chris. But, Chris... Like I was mentioning at the beginning of the show, I think I'm bad luck for the team. Is there anything that you do on game days that maybe you have to do every single Sunday? Because it appears that my usual traditions need to stop because maybe this football team will play better if I just stop all of that. But is there anything that you do that maybe you feel like you've jinxed the team too? <laughs> well, for so for this season, I've been doing the pregame show here, so I'm I'm usually working ahead of the game and everything. But okay. I'm not really super superstitious, but man, uh, I tend to realize the team is bad, and if I don't have a beer or two during the game, I'm just going to be in a real bad mood. <laughs> so I don't know if that's superstition or not, but... <laughs> it might be superstitious, right? If you don't have it, you might not be able to make it through, right? <laughs> yeah, that's Stevie Wonder, I mean... if that counts. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's it's uh, it's not great. So apparently what I need to do is I need to stop wearing McLaurin jerseys on game days and I need to stop talking to commanders players. See, I don't know if I've had this same effect on other teams, though. Like, I don't know that I had it on the Nationals. I talked to Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams, but it's not like the next, you know, for the next week, C.J. Abrams went slumping and didn't have a hit or anything like that, or Gore the next outing gave up four homers. Like, I don't I don't think that necessarily happened. So, I don't know. Maybe I just need to stay away from Ashburn which and FedEx Field, which I don't think is that terrible of a thing anyways. But 
we're talking about Sam Howell and how he's improved or if he's improved. And like I was talking about, I feel like it's a difficult spot to be in. Obviously, the new GM, he's going to have decisions to make. And, you know, we're going to talk plenty about that in the upcoming offseason and plenty about that over the coming days. But when you look at this season from week one to now, it just feels like there's not anything that you can grasp onto that Sam Howell has markably gotten better at. I think that he's been better off schedule, but I just, I don't feel like other stuff, right? I don't know that I feel like he's a a much better scrambler. I don't feel like he's a much better game manager. If you want to throw back to the Brock Purdy comparison I was making, like game manager, a lot of times people act as a bad thing, but you know, I think Tom Brady for years was a good game manager, right? And he would make some great plays, not trying to, again, diminish these great players, but a game manager in a lot of ways is just doing that, managing the game and making the right throws when they needed to be made and making the right decisions and understanding how to run the offense. That's not a bad thing. But I don't know that Sam Howell has gotten better at that. Has he gotten better with his accuracy? Uh, I don't know that he has. Has he gotten better with his decision-making and his processing ability? I don't know that he has. And honestly... The tough part is, if you want to say, has he gotten better from week one to now? Well, if you said from week one to maybe that Seattle game, I would definitely say, yeah. If you'd say week one to now, I don't know that you would. You know, week one, he wasn't great, and he continued to improve throughout the season, but now he's gone backwards. He just had arguably his worst game of the year. He got benched at the end of the game, right? So, you know, you don't want to go and, you know, development and getting better isn't linear right it's not something where week one he's at a level you know say out of 10 he's a level five it's not like every single week it gets 5.5 5.8 like it's not like a continual lineup right there's there's peaks and valleys right he's gonna go up and then he's gonna come down again he's gonna go up and he's gonna come down again so i don't want to overreact to a stretch where he struggled but at the same point i don't know what to make of it where it seems like he's running out of steam, but he's coming off a bye week, right? I mean, here, and here's, so here's the problem with some of that. It's like you're looking for that consistency, but all you're saying is he goes up, he goes down, he goes up, he goes down. It's like he doesn't have that consistency, and I think that's probably the biggest thing he's still lacking right now. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think some of that comes with experience and playing more and all that stuff. So, you know, I think consistency is tough to expect. You know, as much as I like to dismiss the fact that he's a fifth-round quarterback because I felt like he was much more talented, and I thought just the the idea of let me throw out, oh, he's a fifth-round quarterback, I felt like it was a little bit lazy at times by various media members, not saying here, not talking about anybody in specific, but I feel like that narrative was kind of lazy at times without the context. But at the same point, he was drafted in the fifth round, and so there's a reason he didn't start right away. There's a reason that he didn't get on the field last year until week 18. And there's a reason why so many people were questioning if he was going to be the guy here or not. Right. And so to think that he's going to be spot on all the time, I think is a little bit uh, unrealistic, but at the same point you would expect to see, to see improvements. Right. And I don't know that you're seeing it and we're getting enough of a sample size now where I think you could still say that as he matures and gets better as a football player and starts to understand some of these things, I think you can see him be an NFL quarterback somewhere. Maybe it's not here. Maybe it's somewhere else. And I think that he can be an NFL starter somewhere. I mean, I think that he shows 
lots of traits of guys like Baker Mayfield and Gardner Minshew, a caller uh, over the weekend compared him to. Like, I think you see some traits in those sorts of things. And Minshew's a backup and Baker's still a starter, but they're not the the guys that, you know, you want to build your franchise around. And so that's fine. He might be one of those guys. But I just don't know that if you're sitting in a spot like they're going to be that you can pass on a quarterback. It's it's intriguing. Let's talk about that next, maybe looking more at the NFL draft. Is there a guy that you feel like you just have to take? Is it something where, you know, if they win a game or two and now they're out of it, like you're fine with Hal being the guy? We'll talk about that next, though. How does the NFL draft shake out and look in terms of who's going to be the quarterback next season and whether it'll be Sam Hal? We'll talk about that next year on The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Final couple minutes here in overtime, 106.7 The Fan, before we hand it over to Capitals Hockey. Taking on the Islanders tonight. Keep it tuned to The Fan all night long. Wrapping up our discussion here on Sam Howell and looking at the NFL draft, because... Let's just assume things finished right now. You know, a lot of things can happen over these final three games. There's still a one and three chance. The commanders could be picking at number two overall, and I think that would solve a lot of issues in terms of what to do in the NFL draft. But they also could win a game and move out towards the 10th pick as opposed to where they're at right now with a fourth pick. So a lot of things can change, but let's just assume that they're sitting at number four. It gets really intriguing on what's going to happen because Chicago can kick all this off by deciding on what they're going to do at quarterback. And a lot of, I think, what's going to happen in the draft is going to come down to their decision because they're going to either stick with Justin Fields, which I think would be unwise, but maybe it's still on the table. Or they're going to take a quarterback at number one overall. I think it's likely that they still go quarterback at one. And so if that's the case, Caleb Williams is off the board. Then number two, the Patriots, that's probably going to go Drake May. And then number three right now would be the Arizona Cardinals. Maybe you could end up swapping with them if they win a football game. But let's just assume again that they're staying at three. It feels like to me they just took a tackle last year. They're kind of devoid of talent outside. Marvin Harrison Jr. might be calling their name. Then you're sitting at four, and the top two quarterbacks are off the board. Marvin Harrison Jr. is off the board, and you're sitting there looking at your choice at tackle, and you're sitting there looking at the Heisman Trophy winner. You're sitting there looking at one of the top tight ends in the country. You're sitting there looking at quite a few options. And I think it's intriguing because 
you know, if you would have asked me this question a couple of weeks ago, a matter of fact, even on Sunday before the game, I was saying I'd probably just stick with Sam Howell and take the offensive lineman. And I still think that you could do that, but I don't know how good you're going to feel about that if you're a new general manager. Now, one thing I will say, I want a new GM to come in here, and I want him to make the decision. I don't want Josh Harris. I don't want anyone other than that GM whoever and whatever head coach he hires. I don't want anyone but those guys making the decision on who the quarterback is. Okay? So I don't want someone coming in here and say they're saying, you know what, we like you, but Sam Howell's going to start, right? I mean, that was kind of the thought process, remember, when Ron was hiring an offensive coordinator. That was at least a talk, and who knows how much of the decision was actually his to bring in Eric Bieniemy. But, you know, it was something of the report of, you can come here, but we're playing Sam Howell. And that's fine. You can do that in that situation because he's the head coach, he's in charge of the roster, blah, 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 all that stuff. But I don't want that sort of thing with Sam Howell and whoever comes in here. Let them make the decision. And if they make the decision to go with Howell, then that's on them, right? If they make the decision to draft Jaden Daniels at four, that's on them. Whatever they decide to do is whatever. But personally, you look at this, and I do think you have to consider Jaden Daniels at four. And I think that's overdrafting a little bit. But at the same point, if you can find your quarterback of the future, then you take him, right? I don't know how I feel about Jaden Daniels as a prospect, and this is why... You know, you hear various things, and I think this is going to be a fun discussion for us. I mean, the the football discussion in terms of what's happening on the field has been exhausting all throughout the season. It's been something that, frankly, it feels like we all could live without because it's been almost a waste of time because of how poorly it's gone really since that downfall in the Chicago game. You think about the Giants games, it's like, what are we doing here? But I think you look ahead, there's excitement. You look ahead to the draft, I think this is a discussion we're going to have all offseason long leading up to it in April. That's going to be intriguing and fun to hear all your various opinions on. Do you you trade down? Do you sit there at four and take the best player available? Do you consider trading up? And I think you can make arguments for all these things. And it'll be interesting to see what a new GM does because, like I said, if we assume that Caleb Williams goes one, then I think that, and to the Bears, then, okay, fine. That that clears a lot of things up. What if the Bears decide, for whatever stupid reason, that they want to stick with Justin Fields, right? If they think, oh, we've seen enough growth, again, I think it'd be foolish, but if they say, all right, we've seen enough growth, we're going to stick with Fields, and we'll trade down because we can get even more assets to build around them, then fine. I think you got to consider moving up because it'd be something where, you could give up your first, obviously you'd be given the fourth pick to them, and then you probably have to give one of the seconds and maybe even one of the thirds or, you know, not not the comp third, but probably your third and then maybe some picks in the previous years. But if you don't have to give up multiple ones, if there are a way to do that, I think you got to consider it. I know there's a lot of holes on the roster, and I, I think this is something that we were having this discussion on Sunday before the game, and a lot of people were disagreeing with me about trading up. I think this comes back to how you like to roster build to use ron rivera's term do you like the idea of building the roster and then dropping the quarterback in or do you like the idea of finding the quarterback and then building the roster around them and i think personally 
it's probably better to get the quarterback whenever you have the chance. I think ideally you'd love to build and then drop the quarterback in, but there's no saying it that you'll draft in the top five again. So I like when you're up there, you be as aggressive as possible to get the guy that you like the most, right? Obviously, sometimes teams aren't going to be willing to trade out of one. Like if the Bears decide they're not keeping fields, then they're probably going to draft Caleb Williams and you could offer them the world and they're still going to say no, right? But I think if they're if they're willing to move on, it's something that you'd have to consider. And I think this comes back to when you have the chance to get one of those guys. And Danny Ruye has been on the top of this. He was back when they drafted Chase Young. He was on top of it. And I think he is on to something here. When you have that chance, you have to make it and you have to take the chance, right? I think if you ask the Chargers, it, would they rather be where they're at or have a better team and without Justin Herbert? They're going to say, well, we'd rather have Herbert, right? And I think that's an example right there where you have a quarterback, but you don't necessarily have the team and you can build around it. And then I think you can find plenty of other examples where they've got the team. Look at the Jets over the last couple of years where it felt like they had the team, but they didn't have the quarterback. And so which one would you choose? Again, I think it's a it's a preference thing. Like, I don't know that there's a concrete correct answer, but I think it's going to be intriguing over the next couple of months leading up to the NFL draft where this team ends up. But I think this once again reiterates these games they're not meaningless because they could screw themselves. They start winning football games, but please don't win these games. I hate being that guy. I don't like it, but please don't win these football games and drop yourself down the draft board. That's going to do it for us. Hockey comes up next here on The Fan. Caps and Islanders. Let's go Caps. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.